Eight o'clock. Welcome in, Jim and Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. This hour brought to you by Preston Lee Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. Find out around 4 o'clock today whether Todd Helton gets into Cooperstown. Do you think he gets in today? I want him to get in. I think he comes up short. I think he gets in next year. My only concern with that is if he's at, let's say, let's say he gets to like 72, 73%, just below the threshold. Does that getting just so close but not quite help or hinder next year's chances? Because I think it hinders. I think if he's trending upward, like Jason Stark, put the, the numbers out when you look at where Todd has been in terms of the, the vote since a 2020 for mm. Todd Helton, that the numbers keep climbing for Todd Helton. And so I, I just think that, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I agree with your logic that it hurts because 2020, he was at 29.2. 2021, 44.9. Last year, 52. And as I mentioned earlier, Hall of Fame election analyst Jason Sardell has him at 71%, which is under the threshold of 75. So logic would make you think that if if more baseball writers are voting for Todd Helton, it's gone from 29.2 to 71, that number would be above 75 or at 75 next year in 2024. Right. So... I guess I'm just questioning. Because my, my how, thing how does is, that how does that hurt? I, I'm not sure because it's trending thing, in the right direction. My thing is, and it it, it doesn't really sound logical because it, it's probably not. But this is also the Baseball Writers Association of America we're talking about here. There have been decisions they've made that I think a lot of people would say is rather illogical. So he gets to let's say he's just below the threshold. Let's say it's seventy two percent of the vote. For next year's ballots, you go, okay, who do we got this year? And I don't know who's eligible in their first year or if there's some big names that are eligible starting next year. But if I'm looking at, you know, who was in, who got just under the threshold last year, I go, okay, well, you know, if he got to 72 or if he got there and he didn't quite make it, maybe there's something that's keeping him out. Maybe he's not quite ready yet. Maybe he's not there. If he gets so close and doesn't make it this year, I I don't know that he gets much higher, right? Because if he, I mean, if he gets beyond the threshold, then he's in. Fine. That's wonderful. That's great. But I know, I know this Rockies. I know the Rockies. They you you want something so bad and it just it doesn't it doesn't quite get there. This is a a guy in Todd Helton as much as he's beloved here in Colorado and as much as he's beloved by Rockies fans there are still, you know, and we talked about it, the Coors effect even though we've more or less debunked it with some of those, you know, ballpark adjusted numbers and some of those sabermetrics at play there's still the old school 
you know, ho-hum, those numbers don't mean anything, they're made up, analytics, blah, 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 that, are, that still fall into this mindset of, yeah, but he played a Coors, so he would have had whatever fewer hits, fewer home runs if he played in the majority of his career somewhere else. You know, Yankee Stadium, yeah, Fenway, I, whatever. Yeah, I, I just I just don't agree in that the numbers obviously show the baseball writers aren't holding the Coors Field effect against him like it used to be. Which is good. That that, that Larry Walker has helped to, to kind of break down that wall of, hey, play to Coors Field. Those numbers are insanely inflated. And then we referenced the Jason Stark numbers where he talked about you know the the adjusted ballpark like if it was at Citizens Bank in Philadelphia, Great American in Cincinnati, where at Coors Field he would have had it, if he played in those ballparks only four more hits and one more home run, right? Which is nothing. No, which is absolutely nothing. And, and so I I just yeah, I just don't agree that that it's going to hurt him if he comes up short. Obviously disappointing. He wants to get in this year. You you right. want to get in. And I'd like to think he does, but I think he's going to come up short. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'd love to come on here tomorrow and say, dead wrong about it. Thrilled to be wrong about it. Congratulations, Todd Helton. You're in the Hall of Fame. And look, I am one of the most pessimistic Rockies fans that there is, which is saying something because I think being a Rockies fan requires a little bit of pessimism anyway. And this is his fifth year of eligibility. So he's, I mean, he's got a little bit of time here. It's not, if he doesn't get it, it's like, oh, it's up against the wire as it started to get for Larry Walker. Right. That that's, that's a positive. And if he doesn't get in, here are, the, here are some of the guys that will be eligible for next year for the Hall of Fame. All right. Jose Bautista, six-time All-Star, two-time American League home run leader, good player. Is he better than Todd Helton? I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think so. Adrian Beltre, Bartolo Colon, Adrian Gonzalez. Big sexy. Jim Johnson, two-time member of the 50 Save Club with Orioles A's going back to lead the league in saves in 2012-2013. Victor Martinez, Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer's got some clout. Five-time Silver Slugger winner. Six-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glove winner, Brandon Phillips, Jose Reyes, one-time Rocky, James Shields, Chase Utley, David Wright, Brad Ziegler. Some good names in there. Maurer. Oh, I left out a dude that started his career in Colorado. Matt Holliday is on that list. That guy. Batista was good. Beltre was good. Cologne's good. Gonzalez was pretty good. Holiday. I mean, Jim Johnson, while the, the numbers go, wow, that's pretty. Love the league and saves, you know, in back to back years. Not a name that, you know, really resonates. Victor mm-hmm. Martinez played 16 seasons. You know, to me, the guys that, that kind of top that list, it's Mauer, it's Batista, Beltre, Holiday. David Wright was pretty good. Don't want to diminish what David Wright did. But Todd Helton certainly stacks up with those guys. And so it's not like there's this murderous row of guys that are just so much better than Todd Helton 
in 2024. I hope he gets in today. You'd rather do it sooner than later. You don't want to wait for another season. No. I just think that the voters have now looked at him and said, we appreciate what he did, def- what he meant defensively for the Colorado Rockies, the tremendous hitter that he was, both at Coors Field and also on the road. And that he would have been good anywhere. And so I, I think that that, the, now that they have, the, the, if the vote total wasn't going up dramatically, because it's gone up dramatically, it's right. not gone up a little bit, it's gone up a lot, you would think next year that would be the, the, the push that would take him over the top to get past 75 votes and get into the Hall of Fame. Let's hope it happens today, shall we? I mean, that's, let's, let's hope it does. So where would you rank Todd Helton in terms of retired Colorado sports greats from other sports? Now that's a tough one. I just off the top of my head, I'd have to go LA number one. Boy. Hard to keep Sackett Sackick or Wad out of that group. Probably LA Sackick. I mean T T D would be there as a top fiver. Just because of what he accomplished in such a short span of time. Larry Walker, mm, Alex English. I would say Helton, just just thinking off the top of my head, I know Kenny had him top 15. I, I probably would have him top 10, probably back half of the top 10 in, in regard to other Colorado, retired Colorado sports stars. Right. But I'd have him in the top 10. He was that impactful, that meaningful to the Rockies organization. He was the face of that organization for a very long time, for 17 years. When you thought of the Rockies, you thought of Todd Helton. So have you got some thoughts on that today? Yep. Paul, Jimmy Rollins, Andy Pettit, Torrey Hunter. Really? Yes. Yes, Paul, they are on the list. They're on the Hall of Fame ballot this year. Bry Guy. Morning, guys. I think Helton gets in today. The big question is, will... He'd be wearing a, <laughs> a Patrick Star shirt. Because Larry Walker is like SpongeBob. Yeah, I I don't I don't think he probably will. I don't think that's how Helton rolls. He he doesn't have quite the eccentricities. He might sport something of his alma mater, the University of Tennessee. Or the Rockies. He probably would do that. Or probably you know, I could just see Todd flannel shirt, that's it. That's probably what Todd Helton would do. That's probably how Todd Todd Helton would do. I could see it too. All right, let's take a trip around the NFL today. Plenty of time to text in on it. Uh, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. So uh, the Broncos have concluded their first round of interviews. And so all reports are that the Broncos will talk with former New Orleans coach Sean Payton with a second interview. Payton completed an initial interview in person with the Panthers on Monday and multiple outlets reporting that, also has an initial interview on the books for later in the week with Arizona, that coming from a variety of sources. And so Peyton's already had first-round interviews with Denver. That was in person, and Houston was a virtual interview. And a lot of people close to the search believe he's in line for a second interview with the Broncos, so it's not been confirmed. Right. But the feeling is that he could very well be in Denver tomorrow for that second interview. At the Times Picune in New Orleans, in New Orleans, reported Orleans. Monday that uh, Peyton was planning to fly to Denver on Wednesday in anticipation of an interview either that night or Thursday. 
But then if he ends up talking with Arizona, that happens Thursday, that could change that plan. So Peyton first met with the Broncos search committee, this from the, the Denver Post, including CEO Greg Penner, General Manager George Payton, limited shareholder Condoleezza Rice, January 17th in L.A. You know, there's still the compensation to the Saints that remains up in the air. Peyton has said on Colin Cowherd's show, the asking price is roughly the equivalent of a mid-first-round pick, while the Times-Picune reported New Orleans is asking for compensation closer to a 2002 trade for John Gruden that featured two first-rounders, two second-rounders, and $8 million. Which is too high. Which, which to me, if you're New Orleans, why wouldn't you ask for that? I, you, you're Right. The Raiders were able to pull that off years ago, back in 2002, why wouldn't you ask for that? Why would you just settle for a mid-first-round mid, mid first round pick? Because you've got teams like Houston that could afford to cough up some of those draft picks because they have, thanks to the Deshaun Watson trade, they have capital to work with. Part of that, and I am totally wearing my orange and blue colored glasses here when I say this, part of that Gruden trade was that Al Davis was probably a little crazy enough to think, yeah, this is good. We can trade away our our coach in exchange for draft picks and all that. I don't think Greg Penner, Rob Walton are as cuckoo as Al Davis was in the late nineties. But but Alan, it still worked 2000s. out though. It still worked out for them because the Raiders got to the Super Bowl. You had to lose to Gruden and lose badly, but <laughs> and, they still yeah. they still got there even by trading Gruden. And like we talked about the, with Cody Rourke, My Life Sports, last week, Cody will be on with us tomorrow. He was thinking, hey, they'll, they'll, they've had this first round of interviews. Maybe there's somebody that will impress them enough that maybe Monday they'll they'll make the announcement. And yes, right. today would be the press conference. Obviously, that's not happening. And as they report in the Denver Post, the, the Greg Penner, they're not in any big hurry here. They are doing their due diligence. They're going to take their time as well they should, to go through another round of interviews to make what they feel like will be an intelligent decision because you got to get it right. You do. You've got to get it right. You can't screw this up. So they are, while Broncos country may be losing their minds... Why don't we know something? Why do we know? Why do we know? Why is it a John Payne already? Why don't we... You know, just lo- going crazy? Oh, yeah. Greg Penner doesn't care that you're going crazy. He wants to get it right. George Payton wants to get it right. Kerry Penner wants to get it right. Condoleezza Rice wants to get it right. They all want to get it right. They Louis Hamilton no- wants to get it right. Louis Hamilton. Wherever he's at right now. Probably, probably or something. somewhere on the Formula One circuit. Wants to get it right. Even though he, I don't know how much he really knows about American football, but he knows probably having the right coach is really important. So, right now, only D'Amico Ryan, San Francisco 49ers, D.C., can't do an interview this week. 49ers won, of course, Sunday. Uh, Dan Quinn's available since the Cowboys lost. <laughs> Everybody else they've talked to, David Shaw, Ajira Vero, Raheem Morris, Jim Caldwell, all are available for interviews this week. But we don't know if any of those guys are going to get an interview. Also mentioned the Patrick Sertan the second. Congratulations to him. Yes. First team all pro. And while it's cool that he's going to be a starter 
in the Pro Bowl, which means what starts in the flight football game. Is that is that the deal? I guess that he was named a Pro Bowl starter, but the more coveted prize is being All Pro, and he's a first team All Pro picked by the Pro Football Writers Association. So congratulations to him. All right, a couple more things on around the NFL. When I don't know if you've caught like the the Monday Night Football interviews here on on the team Westwood One, Jim Gray and Tom Brady. That uh, <laughs> Jim Gray also does the Let's Go podcast with Tom Brady. That was which almost going to be my sound check this morning, and then I said, mm, a lot, a lot of work there. There would have been some. Uh, I mean, the the clip that I found was edited, but but even like it was kind of haphazardly edited, <laughs> where you could still, you didn't feel comfortable playing that, and I, it was and I appreciate still that. Very obvious what he's saying. Well, this keep in mind, this is his podcast. His show. This, this is where Jim Gray throws him tons of softballs. And Tom Brady got testy with Jim Gray. Because his bro, the co-host of the Let's Go podcast. Because Jim Gray asked him, had the audacity to ask him. What are you going to do? If you're, are you going to play in 2023? Brady, this is through Rick Stroud, who we've had on the program before. That covers the Bucks for Tampa Bay Times. Going to clean it up here for you. <laughs> if I knew what I was going to bleeping do, I would have already bleeping done it. I'm taking a day at a time. I appreciate you asking. Thank you. Well, at least he said thank you. Yeah. Well. Jeez. Wow, Tom. 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 Tommy's a little fired up there. Why, why, okay, why are you jumping down the throat of Jim Gray? You knew he's probably going to ask you that because it's, in, duh, you, of course you're going to ask that question. In the interest of fairness <sighs> to Tom Brady. To be fair. To be fair. He's probably been asked that question since the end of the Cowboys game. It's probably come up in press conferences. It's probably been asked by his agent. So, so you're going to lose your mind on Jim Gray, though, on your podcast? No, I'm not saying what he did was excusable or right. I'm trying to figure out why he did it. I'm just not sure why you would lose your mind on your on your podcast with a guy that is your your guy, your He's buddy, your that he asked you a question where all you have to say is, you know, Jim, I don't know yet. I'm still kind of weighing my options, and and I'll figure it out. I mean, why do you have to go? Well, because you realize it's a podcast, and you can say that, and it's okay. Right. Why not just say, I don't know, Jim. I'm still thinking about it. I mean, it still stings the loss to the Cowboys. It still hurts. I, I, I you know, I, I still I feel the tug of playing, and what, whatever, blah, 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 stuff you want to say. But why do you have to jump down Jim Gray's throat on that? You, you know what? That's the sound of that's the sound of a man who hates life right now. <laughs> he's, well, he's a divorcee. Hmm. He lost in, in, to the Cowboys in embarrassing fashion. He's probably getting not probably he is getting older, but now like can't recover as fast. You know he's. I, I just to me it's like what? Okay. But why lose your mind on Jim Gray in that moment on your podcast? Because he could. I, I'm Jim it's Gray. It's like he could. It's like, hey, Tom, stop being such a bleepity bleep. Bleep, yeah. Come on, Tom. It wasn't like he asked him. So, was the uh, the yoga instructor Giselle's uh, yoga instructor the reason why he, your marriage fell apart? Huh? 
pretty good looking guy from what uh, what I've heard. Is that the reason why? Somebody better looking than you, Tom? Is that yeah. why? Is that why? Did your wife I mean, uh, have a Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> cut out in your room and then yeah, I, I, made you feel less of a man? I mean, if he would have asked him something along those lines. Are you less of a man now, Tom, then, than you were 10 years ago? Yeah, I, I, then I would have, if I was Tom or if I was Tom Brady, I would have probably lost my mind. Tom, do you feel like you're a failure in your relationship with <laughs> exactly. your Exactly. Uh, do you feel like a failure right now? Look, you, you lost to the Cowboys in the playoffs. Your team was under 500. You've lost your wife. Tom, are you a bad father? <laughs> Do you do you do you love your kids, Tom? Are you an underachiever now, Tom? Are you not a winner anymore, Tom? That's the one. Are you not a winner anymore? Because it seems like maybe you're not a winner anymore. That's not what Jim Gray asked him. He just <laughs> like, said, "Are you going to play? Are you, doing next are, you, are you going to play this this coming season?" And he loses his mind on him. All right, eight twenty one. Let's uh, we'll take a break. We'll do triple um, play record stadium cinema coming up here in a little bit. We have uh, CMU women's basketball coach Taylor Wagner on the way next on the Jim Davis Show. I'm the morning guy. I have a Facebook group, 16 members. Some call it a fan page. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Colorado Mesa women's hoops with Mavs coach Taylor Wagner on the team. And with us right now, the Chick Fil A Breakfast Team phone line. The Maverick men and women play at Westminster tonight. Taylor Wagner, coach of the Colorado Mason women's basketball team, joins us. Taylor, how are you doing, sir? Doing fine. How are you? Doing fine. Really good win for your team at Fort Lewis. And I know that going into that game, we talked about it. Always a tough place to play. Uh, Skyhawks have been playing pretty well, but uh, your defense was phenomenal. Just uh, held them to twenty six point four percent from the field. They only made two three pointers in the game. You have to be thrilled with the way your team played defensively against Fort Lewis. Yeah, that, that was our big key. We just said we have to play defense, um, and the, the girls showed up. We, I know that third quarter, I think we held them to six points, and, and really that was the difference in, in the ball game. We, we got in foul trouble in the first half, and a couple of starters only played a few minutes, and coming out of that halftime, it was really important for us to kind of you know, put the clamp down and, and make them take tough shots because we were letting them get to the free throw line way too much. You know, Olivia Reed, another great game, 16 points. Tia Slade, Monica Brooks, they each had nine rebounds. And uh, Kylie Kravick, she had a game-high six assists. Some some all-around good efforts in that one against the Skyhawks. It was. You know, we've got to continue to do that to have success. Uh, you know, the way Olivia's been playing, she's going to get a little bit more attention and and that should open up other people, and now they've just got to be able to step up and, and hit shots and, and, be, and be ready to, when we call their number, to, to be able to make a play for us. Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick women's basketball team, with us on the Team Sports Network. And an area that has really improved for your basketball team has been from the foul line. Started out really struggling from there, but uh, you've made some incredible improvement uh, from the foul line, and you're now fourth in the conference in foul shooting at one point you were you were 12th in the conference you were 61 percent now you're 74.9 percent what's been the difference what's led to the turnaround from the charity stripe taylor you know i think just confidence that's the biggest thing i think every statistical category we were last in at the first of the year so you know that they've made improvements in everywhere but you know we work on the free throw shooting we ask them to work on it on their own and, but the big thing is is getting those reps in the game and and, uh, you know, Olivia's shooting a lot better. You know, at the beginning of the year, she was around 40%. 
she's one of the girls that goes to the free throw line a bunch, and she's improved hers about thirty percent. So, you know, it's just it's just one of those things where you've got to have confidence, and and I, I feel like the girls have have had that since we've returned from the break. Connor Mesa, women's basketball coach Taylor Wagner, with us on the Team Sports Network, and I think a couple of other things to, to look at that have led to the turnaround this season. You're three and zero, and you shoot over forty five percent from the field. You shot forty five point three percent at Ford Lewis. Also, when you don't turn over the basketball, that that's been a big stat. You've gone from being you know, one of the teams in the in the conference that turned it over the most. You've improved your turnover margin dramatically. Those two things have been huge, huge uh, trends in your favor uh, that, that have helped uh, lead to this turnaround for your team. Yeah, I mean, there were games we were 20 to 25 turnovers, and, you, you know, you just kind of shoot yourself in the foot when you do play like that. And and now we, we're, we're getting down in the lower teens, which is, you know, where we've been at, you know, all since I've been here for the most part, is just keeping those turnovers down. And, you know, we just say that, we don't have those. You get more opportunities, and more opportunities more, mean more points, and more points probably equal more wins. So, you know, they're really buying into that. And, and to the kids are getting more comfortable playing with each other, and they know where each other are. And so, hopefully, it's we continue with that trend where we limit turnovers. Calvin Mesa, women's basketball coach Taylor Wagner, with us on the Team Sports Network. So right now, if, if the postseason started today, you'd be into the RMAC tournament. You're, you're eighth right now. And and so you'd end up playing Colorado School of Mines in a first-round matchup. But you're just a half game out of the fifth spot. And so there's still time in the season to not only solidify getting into the RMAC tournament, but also to, to improve your playoff position. Yeah, I'm, I mean, we've been talking about that for a while now. And, and uh, we, we've really got to control our own destiny and take care of our business and then along the way you know some of those teams that are in front of us have to play each other so you know they're going to get losses as as the season goes on but we've got to take care of our own business and i think there's 10 games left and we have a good opportunity to to make the tournament and you know move up a little bit and and potentially even get a, a first round game if you know things fall our way and tonight's one of those nights where you certainly can impact your own future because you have Westminster. They're seven and six right now. You're six and six in conference play, and they currently sit in that sixth spot ahead of you in Metro State. And so this is an opportunity tonight to influence your own destiny. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. We've got to take care of our own business, and it starts with tonight. You know, a, a game that uh, I know they're going to be ready for and, and be, you know, really excited to play us they're on a four game losing streak so you know their backs are against the wall and and uh, it's makes it coming to town so it's going to be a big game for both of us and currently westminster they're fifth right now in in offense in the conference at 65.2 points per game and uh, so far this season they've been led by ashley greenwood uh she's uh, you know been their their top scorer this season she's played really well for them averaging about 17 points per game so Defensively, they're kind of in the lower half of the league, but offensively, this is a really good Griffins basketball team you face. Yeah, I mean, they're very efficient. They shoot the best field goal percentage in the RMAC at about 45%. So, you know, they don't take bad shots, and they, they run their offense really well. And, and then when they get to the free throw line, they're the best free throw shooting team 
in the league. So we've got to keep them off the free throw line and, and make them take tough shots. Um, but I know one, you know, historically when they play us, they really try and rebound the basketball well and kind of crash the boards. And that'll be another issue for us tonight that we've got to take care of and, and limit them to one shot. Yeah, exactly, because the games where you've been out-rebounded in, you're 0 for 6. And so that's become a key stat. When you guys win the rebound battle, you tend to win basketball games. Yeah, and like I said, it's just more opportunities, and, and hopefully we kind of you know, continue. And really, we've just got to be, we've got to be concentrated on what they want to do and, and uh, who's crashing the boards hard. And uh, if, if we focus on that, I think we'll have a – a good chance to win this ball game. Maverick women's basketball coach Taylor Wagner with us on the Team Sports Network. Another area that you have to address from the defensive side of things, Taylor. They have the uh, second best three point uh, field goal percentage in the conference, right behind Black Hill State. So they they can shoot the three a little bit. They can, you know, and they can hurt us everywhere. That's why I said they're really efficient all over the floor. They they've, they've got some really good guards. They've got a big, strong, physical post and. We'll have our hands full, it, it, you know, looking at the matchups and everything. We've really got to be locked in defensively. You can't have too many mistakes. Kind of an odd uh, weekend with playing at Fort Lewis on Friday and then tonight against Westminster. Kind of that that uh, unusual weekend in terms of playing basketball games for your team. How do you address that? Well, you know, I, hopefully it helps. <laughs> you know, we only played the one game. It was on Friday, so hopefully... You know, we got a little bit more rest going into Tuesday, and and you know, you get a couple couple days to prepare here and there for each team. Those Friday Saturdays can be brutal, so hopefully this plays into our favor. Of course, don't play Saturday at, at, until uh, you play at home against uh, Western Colorado University. It's Westminster tonight, and uh, we'll have the game on the Team CMU Sports Network women's pregame at four forty-five. They tip it at five. The minute seven o'clock tonight, and it's brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance. Taylor, I always appreciate the time. Uh, keep the wins coming, and uh, hopefully solidify that spot in the RMAC tournament. Good luck tonight against Westminster. Thank you. All right, Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick Women's Basketball Team, joining us on the program once again. Our coverage starts at four forty-five today for the Maverick Women at Westminster and the Maverick Men, number twenty-three team in the nation. Uh, Get a little bit of an easier break tonight, not taking a nationally ranked team in Westminster. We'll talk with uh, Mike DeGeorge uh, coming up uh, during Mav Day uh, in the 9 o'clock hour. All right, text or call 970-242-1340. We'll have a little four-down territory. Going to put uh, pole dancing on hold for this week. But uh, right now it's time to play Triple Play Records Stadium Cinema. Know your sports TV shows and movies? Let's play Stadium Cinema on the team. All right, the uh, downtown double play with Triple Play, your chance to win gift certificate to Triple Play Records and an antipasto salad from Junction Square Pizza. This is Stadium Cinema, and today's Stadium Cinema clip comes from the upcoming film 80 for Brady, starring Sally Field, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, and Rita Moreno. I'm going to play the clip first. Think he's going to want to watch that bleeping movie? He is a producer on it, and he is in it. So. He is, and so is Gronk, too. And Gronk. Just All right. referencing his comments to Jim Gray. So, I am going to play the clip first, and then I'm going to ask the question. Here we go. Game's about to start. There's Tom. Oh, oh what a beautiful man. I like Gronkowski. We know, Chris. Okay. In that clip, you heard... I like Giselle's yoga instructor better. In that clip, 
One of the four actresses that I mentioned starring in this film mentioned they like Gronkowski. Which one is it? First correct answer on the text line, 970-242-1340. You want to play, play it one more time? Yeah, one more time. So, again, 80 for Brady, upcoming film. I think it's February it comes out. And uh, we'll just play it. Game's about to start. There's Tom. Oh, oh what a beautiful man. I like Gronkowski. We know, Chris. I like Gronkowski. Who was that? Between Sally Field, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, which of those four actresses in that clip said, I like Gronkowski? First correct answer, you get the downtown double play, triple play, and Junction Square Pizza. By the way, weather starting to get towards spring, disc golf season fast approaching. We even have a you know, decent day here in the wintertime. You can go play disc golf, rock and mat, have all the gear you need to go play disc golf, plus great vinyl and other cool stuff at Triple Play Records on Main Street. All right, 835, we'll take a break. Text your answer in now for uh, Triple Play Records Stadium Cinema, 970-242-1340. They're a lot of fun. The Jim Davis Show. They're idiots. On Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 839. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Do we have a winner yet for Triple Play Records Stadium Cinema? Okay, we do. We, we do. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Our winner today is Kenny. Kenny correctly identifying the... Uh, the person from the 80 for Brady trailer who really likes Gronkowski would be Jane Fonda. What was not included in the clip that I played was that apparently Jane Fonda's character in the movie Trish wrote some Rob Gronkowski uh, spicy fan fiction, if you will. Uh, so Romantic. Um, yes. Of, uh, kind of... Um, of a, uh, of a certain variety. Chicka chicka bow bow nature. Something, uh, you know, something little, something like that. So there you go. 80 for Brady. I think it's, I don't know if it's getting the theatrical lease or if it's just a Netflix deal, but sometime in February, the uh, 80 for Brady movie coming to a screen near you. And uh, based on a true story, there are these four ladies yes. that were big Patriots fans, and but but the story does not. Two of them sadly have passed away. Yeah. But the the, the two that are re- surviving of this eighty for Brady group, uh, st- still close. Watch the Patriots together all the time, and I believe Tom Brady sent them like a video message. They've never met him in person. So it's a little bit different. The movie's not exactly... Takes a little creative license. Yeah, it's not exactly like the the actual story. Where I'm kind of thinking, why hasn't he met these these two ladies, right. the, the surviving members of the 80 for Brady Club? Now, to be fair... Come on, Tom. To be fair. Probably in recent times, the reason he hasn't met them in person was because of a certain 
uh, thing that was going around. I don't know if you remember. Of COVID, sure. Yeah, that that thing. Yeah, that might but maybe have... now though. I mean, things now, are yeah, things are know. better in that regard. Well, and he, you know, Tom Brady is a little he he's a little preoccupied. Right now. <laughs> if I knew what I lost wanted, his wife, lost his mind with uh, with his podcast. Yeah, dropping they... dropping naughty words on his co-host. If I knew Jim what Gray. I wanted to bleep and do, I would have bleep and <laughs> I would have bleep and told you. It's like all right, all right. Come on, Tom. Come like, on. I, know, I, I get it. You're, you're going through a lot right now, buddy. I understand. But come on. Don't don't lash at your little your little buddy, Jim Gray. He's What did Jim Gray ever Jim do Gray's, to you? Jim Gray's in your corner, dude. You pay him to do your podcast. Don't have to get mad at him. Don't, yeah. be, don't be so angry. All right. So today we'll find out whether or not Todd Helton gets into Cooperstown. Baseball Hall of Fame. Do you think he gets in today? Once again, I, I don't think he does. I think he comes up a little short. I think he gets in next year. Right. But once again, I'm going to state it. Would love to see him get in today. Would be would be fantastic. Because there was a point where I think a lot of us, I, I thought that, that I, don't, I didn't think that we would see this day. Or he would be close the, to getting in. Where he would be on the threshold at least. I thought that they would baseball writers would hold the Coors Field effect against him forever. Right. Larry Walker gets in though, and I think a greater this is where a greater reliance on analytics is actually a really good thing for baseball. For sure. Because it has helped to dispel some of the the myths about playing a Coors Field. Some things are factual. Yes, it's altitude. Thinner air, ball's going to travel a little bit farther. And but when you but when you look at the the ballpark adjusted analytics that Jason Stark talks about at the Athletic, or it's Great American in Cincinnati, Citizens Bank in Philadelphia, places where the ball tends to carry. Also, right. The playing at Coors Field only gave him four more hits and one more home run. Is that enough to keep a guy out of the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. No. I just don't think so. And it, it's with the way the numbers have trended, it certainly looks like he's going to have a, a a decent chance. It's kind of a toss-up today. It's going to be close. But the 2024, it's almost, it's almost inevitable that he'll get in. So your thoughts on that today also, where do you rank Todd Helton in comparison to other Colorado sports greats. Retired. Not active guys. Not current. Not current. And we're talking Avalanche, Broncos, Rockies, and the Nuggets. Michaela Schifrin is a great story, whoever texted it in. Not not counting her. Talking about stick and ball guys. Or puck guys. Team sports. Team sports. Not, not talking about individual accomplishments. No. Because there's been some great Olympians... From Colorado, particularly in the Winter Olympics, but that's you know that's sort of its own that deserves kind of its own category, its own discussion, and it's you know there there may or may not be a I mean I'm, there's I'm sure there's an Olympics Hall of Fame and 
sure Lindsey Vaughn's in there or will would be if if not already. I mean the Missy Franklins, the Amy Van Dykens. Right. Yeah, but we're I mean it's appreciate you mentioning Michaela Schifrin, who's already to surpass Lindsey Vaughn's record for world you know, for wins and you know the the downhill giant slalom. But Michaela Schifrin's not we're not once again, we're not gonna count her in this group. I got to count skiers. We're not. We're not going to count anybody that's not a, prof- a a professional athlete for one of the four major sports teams in this state. That's a, co- that's a conversation for a different day. Doesn't mean we're trying to, not trying to dis- disrespect Michaela Shepard or diminish anything. It's she's just... she's a tremendous tremendous athlete. Awful what happened to her at the Olympics. The death of her father had a such a huge impact on her. Yeah. in the worst possible way. But where do you rate Todd Helton? Is he he's in he's in a I think he's a top tenner in my book. Probably back half of the top ten. Yeah. Cause I don't know if I can rate him above Sackick. No. Forsberg. No. Larry Walker is already in the Hall of Fame. Elway, Manning, T D, Shannon Sharp. Yeah, it's it- Alex English. Because I, I liked what you and you and I were talking about how if you took the top two from each franchise, so that's eight players, Larry Walker, Todd Helton, those are your top two from the Rockies. But Helton's probably eighth out of eight on that list. And so you expand the list to include, you know, your your other names, your honor, not honorable mentions, but your other names that you're floating around out there. And you're going, yeah, maybe he puts, puts Todd Helton at the top 15. But yeah. he's up there. Yeah, he's to me he's a, he's in the top ten. But I can't say top five, and I'm thinking like ninth or tenth. That's kind of how I, kind of how I view it. All right, so text or call nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. Got some predictions on does Todd Helton get in today? Of those that are retired, I guess I have to lay out more parameters here. Those that are retired that play. <laughs> On professional sports teams in this state, please don't drop somebody from the Mammoth. Or, no, we're not going to know, unfortunately. Come on, Broncos, no. Rockies, Avs, Nuggets. Or, I mean, not. I mean, once again, not trying to disrespect lacrosse. It's a great sport. Mammoth have been very successful. The Outlaws, from a lacrosse standpoint, of the Big Four, where do you rate Todd Helton? So text or call today, 970-242-1340. This hour brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. All right, let's get into Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, start things out with First Down. Lipscomb Academy in Tennessee lost Trent Dilfer as their head coach, but they've gained a Hall of Famer. Lipscomb Academy set to hire former NFL center Kevin Mawai as their head coach. Wow. Multiple reports shared the news on Monday that announcement will be made today. Lipscomb Academy's football Twitter account teased the big announcement as well. Dilfer was a head coach of the Nashville-based high school for four seasons and turned it into a destination program before moving on to coach at the college ranks. And it's attracted some notable figures for the head coaching job. 
They interviewed Jason Witten, John Kitten as well for the job. They're going all in then, huh? They were definitely all in on, on hiring their next head coach. Speaking of guys trying to be a head coach, move to second down. Ed Reed claims he's turned down interest from two other historic black colleges and universities. Remember Bethune-Cookman was going to hire Ed Reed, and then Reed made some negative comments about the university, and the Hall of Fame defensive back decided that uh, you know, Bethune-Cookman was not for him. That Reed and his representatives discussed the situation on an appearance on the Roland Martin Unfiltered podcast. Martin asked if other HBCUs have reached out about other head coaching jobs, and he said that he turned down the job at Jackson State, Coach Prime's old spot, mm-hmm. for the job at Bethune-Cookman. And there was a lot of stuff that he was like, there's trash everywhere, there's mold in some of the classrooms, the facilities weren't great, and he was like, why should I want to come work here if the school can't even take care of itself was kind of the impression that I got from his from his statement. I, I kind of thought, look, if the school's having those kind of financial struggles, Ed Reed. Why are you going after? Hall, Hall of Famer, maybe. I don't know. Either number one, don't go there and just leave it alone and stop taking shots. And number two, I don't know, maybe find a way to financially help that institution. Find some other good people that are like yourself, care that care about historic black colleges and universities, that want to donate money to improve the facilities there, both athletically and academically. Right. How about be the guy that is the savior at Bethune Cookman, not the guy that throws them under the bus? How about hey, these this is a bad situation. These are bad conditions. Let me find people that will help make this a better place. How about that? Right. How about how about do that and be a hero and not come off as some whiny in, entitled former NFL player that you're too good to be there? How about help that university improve? How about use your name and your financial resources that you possess and maybe the others that you know to make it a better place? I, I hate that. It's like he goes there, he cracks on them. Instead of saying, you know what, I'm, I want to make this place a better place. Give Deion Sanders credit. He made Jackson State a better place. Right. It was better than when he got there. How about the same, Ed Reed for Bethune-Cookman? Oh, guess you don't want to do that. You want to complain about stuff. Third and fourth down. All right, spring training hats. The designs have been released. This is what the Rockies hat looks like. It's black and white. Meh. That's kind of what I'm saying. Very meh, indeed. Uh, fourth down, we mentioned Coach Prime. He went on a trip to Vail recently and said it changed his life, presumably because of how pretty it was, and he went snowmobiling and looked fun. Has there been a place you have visited that changed your life, good or bad? Wow, that that's a great question. I know it's got a, a deep cut here, but... Uh, Mm, boy, that's that's tough. Because we went to Alaska. I went to Canada Ooh. this last summer. Went to Mexico. Scotland trip. Pro- probably Scotland. Just to go, for example, to, to, to St. Andrews. The cradle of golf. Oh, yeah. And be by that golf course 
just you know Edinburgh, you know, and, and seeing Edinburgh Castle, places that have been there for centuries, right? That have so much more history dating back to the United States does. I mean, predating what you know the, the creation of this country. That it was so cool to go to those. So probably going to Scotland and London was really cool. London's a very busy, noisy place, but seeing places like Piccadilly Square and stuff like that, London Bridge was, once again, it was really cool. But it's probably Scotland. This is it's such, it's such a beautiful place. Very and, green. Yeah, and so yeah, I, I would probably say that. Yeah. All right. I'm glad Coach Prime's digging Colorado, man. I hope it. Uh, Maybe he encourages him to uh, stay a while. Maybe we should invite him to Juco. Coach Prime at Juco. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be kind of cool. It'd be a nuthouse over uh, here. It'd, it'd, be a, it'd be an absolute... It would just be pandemonium. It'd be like the Beatles showed up or something. Right? Or the Rolling Stones or something like that. That'd be... I, I think he's probably going to be... He'll probably be probably, neck deep in... in training and uh yeah he'll probably be busy but that'd be kind of cool to see coach prime stop by for juco that'd be neat because he's got the baseball in him you know well yeah exactly going back to his braves days you bet all right coming up next hour it's mav day we'll talk with mike mendoza covered a mesa men's wrestling coach also the new coach of the uh, maverick men's lacrosse team will join us and the notorious mdg mike DeGeorge, coach of the maverick men's basketball team they play at Westminster tonight on the team, so we will talk with uh, Mike DeGeorge as well coming up next hour on the program. So text or call us today. We'll find out around 4 o'clock today whether or not Todd Helton gets into Cooperstown. Do you think he gets in today? Also, whether or not, what is, where is Todd Helton when you rate him against other retired Colorado sports greats? Text or call us today. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340.